0: Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zelinsky. Hi everyone, and welcome to today's edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show. As you know, I was sick over the holidays, so my voice is not 100%, so do bear with me. I'm told this is the cold that doesn't go away for the six weeks. You know, the one with the headache, scratchy throat starts out with chest, real heavy chest stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm still not 100%, but do bear with this voice. Somebody told me yesterday, you sound like Tony Curtis on a ventilator. Wow. What a compliment. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, you got to love it. Well, thanks for tuning into the program today, folks. Of course, for more ways to listen, there is a lot of new listeners. That have found us on YouTube. And hey, do like our YouTube, by the way. Because over the next couple of weeks, we are giving away a total of 25 personally signed copies of Green Gospel and Power Prayers. All you have to do is simply go to my Facebook page. That's the Weekend Vigilante Facebook page. And click on that subscribe button that puts you into that draw. Get on there today, folks. That's Weekend vigilante. All my social media icons are up there at the top on the pink bar at the top right of weekendvigilante.com. That's weekendvigilante.com. I had a lady over the holidays say, why do you call yourself a vigilante? Yeah, they've been asking me that for years. And all I can tell you is, well, in Jesus' time, he was the ultimate radical, wasn't he? But anyway, that's a whole other show. I'll have to uh, tell you the story of how I was dubbed the Weekend Vigilante. It's actually kind of a funny story. I'll have to tell it this year. I've told it years ago, but it's worth repeating. If you did not listen to yesterday's program, do go back and listen to Stefan Broden. Wow, what an incredible show. I re-listened to it this morning. And I have to tell you, that really encouraged me. There's a couple of things he said on there that I had to just, I had to stop the recording and go, whoa, that is so profound. So thank you to Stephen Broden, Pastor Stephen Broden from Dallas Fairway Park Church. And boy, oh boy, if you know anybody in the Dallas area, get them out to Pastor Stephen's church. And if you're in Dallas or anywhere near the Dallas, Texas area, get out and shake Mr. Broden's hand. I'll tell you what, that guy is amazing. He's been a political commentator a lot on Fox News. He won the Ronald Reagan award. And I'll tell you what, he's no Johnny come lately. You got to really be doing something to win that award. His tireless work is amazing. I'm There's a reason that I just absolutely have nothing but respect for this man because he's been in the trenches for a long time. So hats off to uh, just really kudos to him. And of course, speaking of fantastic men. Well, guess what? I have one on my program today. I had the privilege of spending time with him. He is just a fantastic guy. Such a wealth of information. Of course, you know him. He really needs no introduction. It is the highly acclaimed author and speaker, L.A. Marzulli, author of On the Trail of the Nephilim, the Nephilim Trilogy, the Watcher series. And he's going to talk about his latest work, a really cool new project. He's always working on a project. L.A., welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you back on, sir. Happy New Year.
1: Hey, great to uh, be here, Sheila. Thanks for having me back on. Appreciate it.
0: Wow. Well, you're such a busy guy. Of course, you're doing projects right now as we speak. You're going to get into that. Where I want to start, LA. And by the way, kudos for your term, Days of Chaos, because wow, how timely and appropriate was that? Days of Chaos? We're living in Days of Noah Insane Asylum. It is off-the-rails craziness. I just saw a picture last night of a supposedly a 12-foot demon, and they, it was on Fox News Chicago, of all things. Demons manifesting in the street. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Where I want to start off, L.A., is you came across a little winged, what appeared to be a fairy, a winged creature, had it X-ray, DNA test. I want you to get into, first of all, what did you find What did it turn out to be? I want you to talk about that for the listeners.
1: Well, (laughs) let me just give your listeners the quick backstory here. About three years ago, we were down, uh, my my business partner, Richard Shaw and I were down uh, filming Watchers 7 in Mexico City, of course, with Jaime Masson. And um, we walked in the Jaime's office and Jaime, Jaime was filming a TV show up on the fourth floor. His office, I think is on the second or third floor. And, um, I'm sucking on a, a lozenger from my throat, so I ask your forgiveness ahead of time, listeners, but I've got a little tickle here, and I've got to speak tonight, so this is maintenance. Anyway, uh, as Jaime is leaving, he reaches behind his desk, opens up a cabinet, and takes out this glass jar, and in the glass jar is this winged creature. I called it the winged nightmare. It's got pointed ears. It's got wings on its back. It's got hands like a human being, arms, legs, a stinger, a tail with a stinger on it. I mean, it's like bizarre teeth. And we're looking at this thing, and I looked at Richard, and the first thing I said to him was, do you think it's real? Do you think it's real? And we didn't know. And three years later, Jaime allowed us to use it for the film, Watchers 10 DNA, and um, we were able to get x-rays of this thing. And I took the x-rays to a local veterinarian where I live, and he looked at the x-rays. We spent about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, pouring over the x-rays, looking at them, and he's told me, look, if this is a composite, it was expertly done, I think it's real. And based on his assessment, we went with it. Based on the veterinarian's assessment of the X-ray, we went with it. In the book, Nephilim Hybrid, which is a companion book to Watchers 10, I state at, at, at the writing of this book, which is in June 2016, I believe the creature, the wing nightmare, is real. Okay? The fairy, it's real. But, big but up there more testing needs to be done and i stated this all throughout the summer at various conferences on various radio shows including coast to coast and um and john b wells and everybody else in between and um and i you know i just said look more testing needs to be done so we got back and, and in september october of 2016 we got the creature out of mexico and it came to la and this time we had a different veterinarian and we had actually two veterinarians on a Saturday afternoon in one office and plus two techs, vet techs. And we took the creature out of the glass jar, did fresh x-rays. Right away, the veterinarian looked at the x-rays and said, there's something wrong here with the pelvic area. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, it's, it's really shattered. It, it just doesn't look right. And I go, well, you know, look at all the bird shot. Now, in the x-rays, there were these white balls, that were all throughout the creature's body. And we didn't know what they were. The first veterinarian that examined it said, I know what those are. Those are BBs. That's birdshot. And then hunters came up to us later on at different conferences and and said, yeah, we know exactly what that is. That's birdshot. Number seven, birdshot. I mean, they knew exactly what it was. And, uh, okay, so this, in our opinion, seemed to authenticate the creature even more. So – we're looking at the x-rays, the, the veterinarian sees, look, not convinced, something's off, but we're going with it. And these x-rays are very, very clear, better than the ones in Mexico. And now we've got the creature on a, uh, a little tray on an examination table. We're all gathered around this thing. We're taking DNA. Um, there were organs inside this body. We removed the lungs and the heart, and uh, we, we put that into a um, a little, you know, basically we t- we tagged and bagged the thing. It was going to go up to the labs for DNA testing. And we're about at least an hour into this thing, perhaps an hour and a half into this examination. Richard's under a microscope looking at the creature's hand, which came off. The lower arm came off. Actually, it was already off when we got it. So I guess time before in Jaime's office, someone yanked it and the arm came off. Okay. So... Richard's looking at this thing under a microscope. I'm, I'm standing next to Dr. Berry, who is the veterinarian. And I, I'm looking down at this thing and there's this kind of bluish green blob underneath the creature's body. And I go, what the heck is this? I take a pair of tweezers and I reach down and I pick it up and I, and I hold it in front of Dr. Berry. And I say, what's this? And Barry goes, that looks like wood. And on the end of it, it looks like some kind of epoxy. We go rushing back to the x-ray. Sure enough, now we see that the arm, the arm has been attached to this wooden epoxy thing to make it look much longer. And now we, now we go back to the creature, and Richard's there filming the whole thing. There seems to be an armature, a plastic armature, that runs from the skull, the base of the skull, and attaches itself to the pelvic area. And we realize that the, the leg bones were not in the pelvic girdle the veterinarian's first assumption. So we realized at this moment in time, it was a hoax, an incredible, cleverly done hoax by a master taxidermist. And we made an appointment. Uh, this was on a Saturday. I immediately, as soon as we were done, I called Gary Stearman at Prophecy Watchers, Derek Gilbert at uh, Skywatch TV, and said, don't go with the stories, guys, it's a hoax. And we put the kibosh on this thing. Wednesday, we were up in Santa Barbara with the creature and I uh, just want to thank Jaime Masson and Javier Martinez for allowing us to look at the thing. And you know, we spent—it's funny, Sheila. People, you know, sort of castigated us for. Um, actually, there were two people out of the hundreds of emails that we got who were non-supportive and and blasted away at us. Shame on them! Right. Uh, this is what research is about, and we were honest and forthright. And the moment we found out, um, you know, we we told the public and we debunked it. And that cost me $6,000. Thank you very much. Yeah, You know, but there's always, always an naysayers out there who look at any opportunity to malign and just look what's going on with Donald Trump. So I have it easy. Anyway, we go up to <laughs> Santa Barbara. Yeah. We go up to Santa Barbara at the um, natural history museum up there. And there's a zoologist. And this guy was, was amazing. And um, he examined the creature. He had bats already out stuffed, you know, taxidermist bats and showed us what this thing was, how it was put together. Uh, The ears were pasted on, the skull was like some kind of epoxy to uh, reshape the skull. The legs were put in, I mean, he just went piece by piece, and I said, you know, this, obviously the guy who did it is a master tachydermist, and he certainly agreed with that. Um, We're looking at lots of hours. The question is why? Create a hoax, and they sold it to Jaime. Jaime paid money for this thing in Mexico City, so someone profited by it, and it took up till this, this uh, time for us to debunk it, and we debunked it. And, uh, you know, I, I learned something through this, and that was unless you can really vet it, you don't go with it. So I've I've, no, I've always known that, and we vetted it to the best of our – with the best information that we had at the time, and we said so. More testing needs to be done. This was the more testing. And, by the way, we made a free video, which is available on our watch we got a Watchers 10-pack, all the Watchers series, 1 through 10, plus the bonus DVD which is called Anatomy of a Hoax, which is basically free, all for 99 bucks. So you can go to the store, lamarzulli.net, and check out all the watchers series and pick up the free Anatomy of a Hoax, which is 45 minutes long and shows step by step by step how we discovered it. I mean, it wasn't until the last minute, Sheila, it wasn't until the last minute we were already sent stuff up to the labs for DNA testing.
0: Wow, you asked a really good question there. The question is, why go through such extensive trouble to taxiderm this thing you know that really makes you wonder but the the whole point of this is there is so much of an agenda to obfuscate these kind of items and that I think is that's really the bigger story in all this really you know I come from the Montana Blackfoot Nation my great-grandmother was a highly respected chief somewhat of a, a chiefstess you know, they, there was lots of talk about my family lineage down through the line. And I know in our oral traditions, they spoke of portals and six-fingered giants and two rows of teeth. I mean, this is not just, oh, they were talking about this back in the 1700s for, you know, shicks and giggles, right? This is stuff that the trouble I have with this whole thing is, you know, and it reminds me of Revelation nine ten those little stinger scorpion, exactly. you know, they had the power to hurt men five months. I've always asked the Lord, like... How do you hurt a guy 5 months? Yikes. But the the point is is that cuz we know, I mean we know the the whole giant narrative, the nuffling hybrid, hey, nothing to see here cuz guess what? Doesn't fit the Darwinian paradigm, right? That's
1: that's 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 what we're looking at.
0: A couple of years ago I reported a story out of the UK Guardian. There was a a bunch of little fairy-like imps that were running yeah. along. Do you remember this? Yeah. And yeah, they and that. and they it was a hit piece. They just mopped it up. They took it offline about five days later. Interesting, isn't it?
1: Well, and this this is the problem. It's just like the whole UFO thing. There's a lot of nonsense out there, or 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 so-called angelic visitations. There's right now a this very large angelic being appearing in a town someplace, and of course it's you know captured on film. Right. Like my gut is, it's not real. Um, it's a hoax. But look. I've had people send me. I get stuff every week, Sheila. Every single week, I get sure, stuff. Sure, sure. It's a lesson, an ongoing lesson in how to debunk and how to look at things, and and um, you know, it, it, part of the research is being bold enough to examine something, and also cautious enough to proceed with basically the rules of, of trying to either verify something or debunk it or whatever. I mean, moving cautiously and yet being bold enough to move in the first place, not being afraid to look at it, not just dismiss it outright as a hoax because it doesn't fit our paradigm or whatever, but examine it. Um, the same thing with this angel thing, which is making the rounds now. My first gut feeling is that it's a hoax. And I've, I've emailed uh, the guy who's got the picture and trying to get a response from him. Uh, but you know, there's no way to tell. Meanwhile, I mean, I've got pictures of, of real UFOs people that have shot them on their on their iPhones or cameras and sent them to me real, you know, original footage. So there's a lot of nonsense out there, and this is the first watchers that we've ever had to uh, actually retract something in 10 shows, hundreds of interviews, literally. It's wow. the first time we've had to retract something. So that's a pretty good track record, and I think fair-minded people see that, know that, and that's why overwhelmingly the response from uh, people uh, all across the board, Ministers, uh, people like Gary Stearman, uh, just every, everyday folks all said, thank you for being forthright and open and honest. You know, your credibility in our eyes have, has, has increased tenfold. So, again, there were two naysayers. And these guys have an axe to grind. I mean, they're just trolls. They have an axe to grind. Right. And that is to put me down or watchers down so they can be elevated as the purveyors of truth, <laughs> the gatekeepers of truth. <laughs> well, so You know, that's, that's what's going on here.
0: Well, and speaking of gatekeepers of truth, the new stuff that Obama signed into legislation under the NDAA, remember the Disinformation Act? Well, I mean, of course you've got this whole thing on fake news. So yeah, the vetting is number one. And then you've got this whole other piece where there's this dystopic, trance-induced, seeker-friendly, emergent, cotton candy, comatose Christians. Nothing to see here because how does this even apply to us today again? Don't you find this fascinating L.A.? People will accept any narrative. I mean, look at the popularity of the ancient aliens on TV. Oh, the Anunnaki did it. <laughs> Anything goes as long as it's not the biblical narrative. Don't you find that incredibly fascinating, L.A.?
1: Well, no, I do. I, I think it's just amazing that all theories are welcome except uh, the biblical prophetic narrative, which right. is just, it's just incredible when you think about it. But nevertheless, that's what we're up against. And I was on season one, season two of the Ancient Aliens uh, show. And that's basically why we started Watchers, because we couldn't get a fair shake. Uh, I'm doing a, a a new series. It's my first independent uh, series. And I'm the producer and uh, doing all the editing to really get control o- over over the narrative. Because I I have to be able to say, it's like when I write a book, um, that's me. I got an editor. But it's me, and it's not somebody managing it or, or micromanaging it or moving it, you know, in, in a certain direction or trying to be politically correct or anything else. It's me, and that's what this film is. It's, it's a new series called The Watchman Chronicles. The first uh, offering in the series is called In Their Own Words, and it's – you know, Sheila, I got the idea for this because I would I would be lecturing at conferences, and I would ask the folks, how many of you had seen a UFO – Lights in the sky, had an encounter, and between ten percent as a as an absolute minimum and over thirty percent sometimes as a maximum of the people in the audience would raise their hands. And I realized, oh my gosh. Wow the wow. church, the pastors have no idea what's going on. And so the whole idea of this is you buy you buy the the DVD, you you know, you pre-order it, you're gonna get two DVDs, one for you, one for your pastor. And we've got pastors that have come in that have come on the record and talked about their UFO encounters and why it's important for the church to deal with it. Because, you know, think about this, Sheila, any church in America, now I'm, I'm painting with a very broad brush here, and I get that. And, and it's certainly not a scientific study. You know, raise your hand, and I just kind of do a head count, oh, it looks like about 20%. <laughs> but the bottom line is this, between 10 and 30% of the people have had an experience, and those people are sitting in your church and no one talks about it. Right. Everybody's right. afraid to talk about it. And it's time to open up the dialogue and start the conversation and not be looked at as wearing tinfoiled hats or some kind of an outsider. I mean, this is and you've heard me talk about this. You know, the church, we're the people that believe in virgin birth, floating accents, talking donkeys, two gold coins that appear out of the mouths of a fish, guys that walk on water, water that stands up like a heap and three million people go, walls of water, and the Jewish nation goes between staffs that turn into snakes, and on and on and on it goes. I mean, we realize, we read this stuff in our Bibles and, oh, isn't that just wonderful? Mary was a virgin and she gave birth to Jesus. Okay, I get that. And I believe that with all my heart. But that's about as supernatural as you're going to get. Are you kidding me? You know, Peter gets two gold coins out of the mouths of a fish. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's wacky. The donkey speaks like a human being. The staff turns into a serpent. Come on. This is the stuff we travel in as Christians day after day. We believe it. So why is it that when we when we read in the Scripture, specifically, Satan comes with all signs and lying wonders, God sends them strong delusion because they do not believe the truth. What is the truth? That Jesus created all things on earth, and without without him, nothing that was made was made. In other words, Darwinian evolution is a bunch of hooey, and yet that's the paradigm that runs rampant both in academia and the scientific community. That's what people hold on to tenaciously. And so God's going to send them strong delusion because they did not believe in the truth. That's precisely where we are. What is that strong delusion? Satan comes with all signs and lying wonders. What is manifesting in the skies above the earth today more than anything else on this planet? The whole UFO phenomenon, and that's what the new the new movie is about. It's called "In Their Own Words." I've got people, Christians, they're all Christians, who come on the record and go, "I saw a UFO," and then they tell their story. Some of them are short, some of them are long. A pilot who's a born again, spirit filled believer uh, saw a UFO decades ago, uh, and you know he talks about it, and he gives gives absolute details. And, and it's time for this dirty little secret in the church to be exposed, and it'll be. We're going to start probably the pre-sale. The trailer will go up this month, January, probably around the 20th of the month. And uh, again, you know, 1995 gets you two DVDs, one for you, one for your pastor, because we want the church to wake up and understand where we are. We got to start talking about this stuff. It's not tinfoil hat stuff. It's real. Tinfoil hat, you know, virgin birth, talking donkeys. What's foil and what's not tinfoil? Are you kidding me?
0: Sure. And well, I'm mean, your book Nephilim hybrid subtitle. I love this subtitle hybrid chimera and strange demonic creatures. That's right, folks, there really is demons. Is that a disconnect? You think LA because it's so okay to talk about, you know, planes, trains, automobiles and prosperity, but let's not go there about the demonic entities, right? Well, I mean, and that's,
1: you know, Shelly. I mean, you, you basically nailed it. That's just what amazes me, how, you know, the pastors will stand up and read from the Word and, and tell us that this is all true, and they believe this, and yet, and, and, then, and then prophecy tells us that Satan comes with all signs of lying wonders, and, and they really don't believe what's in their Bibles, and right. I say that with all due respect. That's why I'm making the film. Look, I show a lot of clips in the film of real UFOs. They're not, you know, they're not composites, they're not... They, we, they've been vetted as best as I could possibly vet them. You know, you be the judge. These are real. There's a there's a place called A Little Alien, which I was just at a few months ago. And on the wall are a series of photographs. And they're original photographs that people took of UFOs. And guess what? I took photographs of the photographs. And that is in the movie. Then we've got that, um, Chase Klausky, great UFO investigator. Uh, and thank you, MUFON is allowing me to use some of their footage. Jaime Masson's allowed me to use some of his footage, and um, not a lot. I think we got one or two shots, but thank you, Jaime. And we give them credit. And, you know, it's all there. Uh, what's compelling is the stories in their own words. That's what's compelling. You know, Paul Paul McGuire comes on the record and talks about disclosure. Carl Teacher comes on the record. Uh, Bill Pastor Billy Crone comes on the record. Gary Stearman will be coming on the record soon. John B. Wells is on the record. So all these people come in and weigh in from their point of view what we're looking at. And of course, that to me is really exciting.
0: Wow, that is really exciting. We're looking forward to that. You know, Steve Quayle, our good friend, he broke the story of the giant Al, the military guy who flew the giant out. Of course, that's documented in their new series, the massive giant that was flown out of the Middle East. You've got cases where there's top military guys who have shot 12 and 14 footers. Just incredible information from very reliable military personnel. You yourself are familiar with that. But, hey, you never see that on clown news. Speaking of talking jackasses.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was really great.
0: Well, you know, hats
1: off to Steve. I mean, Steve's an amazing researcher, and um, he broke the story a number of years ago. Uh, a pilot had contacted him, and this pilot um, talked about retrieving a uh, flying out from Kandahar. I think it was Afghanistan. I'm pretty sure. you Afghanistan or, or yeah, Iraq? I'm yeah. not sure which, but I thought it was Afghanistan. And uh, <clears throat> the pilot discussed flying out a giant that weighed about you know, 1,200, 1,300 pounds uh, on a crate and moving it probably to Wright-Patterson, right Ohio. More than likely, that's where it wound up, but no one knows. And several years later, many years later, we were contacted by a man that we call the shooter who had never heard this story before, but he came on the record and told us that he shot a 12 footer, 12 to 15 footer in Kandahar. And the story basically there was a patrol that was out 2001, 2002 in Afghanistan looking for high value targets in the Kandahar province. They were dropped off by a chopper in the middle of nowhere. They're hiking. They missed their first rally point. That's like a check-in. They missed their second rally point. Their third rally point, okay, obviously something's happened. Did they get in a firefight? Were they all killed? Were they all, are they taken prisoner? Do they all die? Or, you know, who knows, right? So, the next morning, a second group of men are deployed to the same area, dropped off at the same location, and they're following the trail of the first, the missing platoon. And they come down this goat trail, and around uh, the shooter is looking down and he's seeing bits of what look like bone. In the distance, uh, there seems to be what looks like broken pieces of maybe radio apparatus, but he's not sure. Uh, further on, there seems to be, you know, carcass of something, animal bone tissue. He's like, Where, what is this? And this the GOAT trail winds up on, a, on a, uh, a ledge, a very wide ledge, like 20 to 30 feet wide and probably 50 to 60 feet long. And this ledge on the edge of it is very precipitous. It drops down to the, to the valley floor, you know, thousands of feet below. And as they're sussing out the situation, there's a mouth of a cave is above them. And out of this cave comes a nightmare, a 12-footer with flaming red hair. It had a shield, had a very large spear in his hand. And everyone is just frozen, completely frozen. And this thing is menacing and yelling. And, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, the shock value was through the roof. And one of the, one of the soldiers breaks out of his stupor of his hypnosis and begins firing up this thing while he's running to it. Well, the giant turns and runs at this guy with an agility and speed that caught everyone off guard. And before anyone can do anything, he has speared this guy and hoisted him up in the air. This guy has been hoisted on his, on a petard, on a lance, on a spear and is dangling in the air holding the spear for his life. He's still alive. And the giant is coming after more. Someone yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. And at that point, the rest of the platoon open fire on this. And they basically blow the lower half of his face off. The giant tumbles to the ground. Uh, The soldier that's been impaled is still alive. They call for a medevac. Uh, The soldier succumbs to his wounds. At this point in time, they realize the overwhelming stench of this giant. Uh, The the shooter told us it smelled as powerful as a skunk, but smelled more like rotting corpses. It had had double rows of teeth, six fingers, six toes, flaming red hair. Uh, They had to uh, drag a cargo net, wrap this thing up in a cargo net, and it flew away when they came back to base. Another copter came and got them. Uh, You know, obviously, I'm just assuming there was more reconnaissance to the area to see what was in the cave and all this other stuff. The shooter told us they went into the cave, but they didn't touch anything. So I'm just assuming that after they were debriefed, other other units were dispatched to the cave and who knows what else they found there. But um, they had to rewrite their report and doctor it. So, you know, they wrote two reports, one, the, the unofficial one, which told what really happened, and the other one, the official one. And uh, the guy who was killed, you know, it would be very interesting to try to check the story out. We know the guy's name, or the shooter knows his name, and we could go to the family and and try to get the body exhumed. Um, tell the family what what we because they were told he was just shot in the line of battle. So if you're a, if you're a billionaire or a millionaire and you got unlimited resources, you know you hire a detective and you put somebody on this immediately. You know, yeah. but but yeah. I don't, and we don't, and so you can only go down so many trails of inquiry, and, and you got to pick and choose those very carefully.
0: Well, especially when you have so much opposition working against you, you know, to start off with. Now, I want you to touch a little bit, I think this is in your book, The Nephilim Hybrids, what they called Ghost Wolf Caught on the Game trail Camera. Talk about that, L.A.
1: Well, that's that's um, the woman who gave it to me. This was on a, on a reservation in, in the Southwest. And the woman who gave it to me is a, is a full-blooded First Nation Native American person. And she calls it Ghost Wolf. <clears throat> and that's why I kept the name. It was captured on a game trail, and what you can see is like an, an opening, a gateway, a portal is open, and this entity, this thing, this demonic manifestation appears on film. It kind of looks like a wolf, but it has no head, <clears throat> and it begins to run, and then it just kind of jumps up into the air and disappears. It's, it's very unnerving, very unsettling. I bought the rights to that to use uh, in the book, uh, and I thank her for it. But you know this nation has a lot of secrets in it, and that's why the native. You know, you talked about this. Many, many Native American tribes talk about the giants. All this has been swept under the rug, and what people don't understand: there's been an unbroken shamanistic practices in this country for thousands and thousands of years, literally. And such a place is the Southwest. Even though Christianity is there and there are churches, the Native Americans, the First Nation people, still practice the ancient ways, many of them do. And so shamanism is, is very, very much uh, in vogue. And this is why, in my opinion, <clears throat> there's so much poverty, alcoholism, witchcraft, and every other thing, because even though there's a Christian presence at this one particular reservation, uh, many of the people, many of the people are steeped in shamanism. Right. That is, that's forbidden. And guess what? There are shamans in Africa, Australia, uh, South America. I mean, I've seen the ones in South America and Mexico. Um, I've never seen the ones in the Southwest, but maybe I have. They, just, they were just dressed, so you couldn't tell. But I've seen shamans in South America, and they all go to the same place, and they all have the same wisdom, and they all you know have their feathers and concoctions and everything else. And they're given power by Lucifer, by Satan. That's where it comes from. And it comes with a price. The price is your soul.
0: Yes, that is a very good point to be made. And I've often shared that with a lot of Native people that think they're medicine men, they're shamans, you know, have this spiritual prowess. I'll tell you what, they're plugged into something all right, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Definitely demonic influence. I so agree with you on that. Flipping gears a little bit, L.A., in all your work, I mean, we're 2017. In all the work that you have done over the decades, this whole Culmination, this coalescence of all your work. When you step back and take a macro view, let me ask you this question What in all of your research is the one mind blowing thing that just takes the cake for you, just blows L.A. Marzulli's hair back?
1: That's a really tough question. I think, I think for me, out of all the research, if I have to pick one thing, it's the implant that we took out in Watchers 7 and Watchers 8. Because, and I wrote about this in my book, The Cosmic Chess Match. These implants are prototypes or precursors to the actual mark of the beast. And I've written about this numerous times that when they show up, when ET finally discloses itself, they will say that they genetically manipulated all human beings here. And they created all life on this planet. And now at this critical juncture in human history, they have a, a chip, an implant. And you take this implant, you'll live three to 500 years disease free. It's a DNA enhancer. That's how they'll couch it. And this is the Mark of the Beast. It's far more hideous and pernicious than anyone could ever imagine. And I've written about this extensively in the Cosmic Chess Match. I've talked about it. You know, there, there may be uh, a Watchman Chronicle just on this uh, particular device. You know, what is the Mark of the Beast? I don't think it's an RFID trip. I think it's something far more complex. And the reason why, Sheila, people who take this mark are condemned to the lake of fire is, in my opinion, it changes the host's DNA. Right. It changes the host's DNA. And when it does that, you become Nephilim. That's what you become. And that's why you wind up in the lake of fire. There is no grace and mercy because you cease to be human. You become something else. You you become genetically altered,
0: not human even for salvation, which is scary, isn't it? Unsanctioned, unsanctioned that, humans, yeah. hybrids. That's
1: exactly it. You you are in an, irre, in an irredeemable state. You cannot be redeemed at that point. You take that mark. You can't be un, you know redeemed. Now those of you who are listening, and there there might be a few of them. Well, I have an implant. Okay, I get that, and I've talked to people who have them. The implant that you have is a prototype, okay? And if, if you really think you've got a, proto, um, a an implant, then get an x-ray. You know, just say, hey, I have a, um, something in me that was there. Well, I think it's a childhood accident. That's how you couch it. You don't walk into a doctor's office and say, oh, I was abducted by aliens and right, I have an implant. Right. All the little guys with the white coats. <laughs> you don't want that. So you say, hey, I was a, a child. I fell off my bike and I was in this, you know, I think I got a piece of metal in my leg or shin or hand, can you x-ray it for me? And the doctor, oh, sure. And you know, you'll x-ray it and you'll pay maybe 60 bucks for the x-ray. And you'll go, oh, wow, look at that. There's nothing there. Or he might say, yeah, you got a piece of metal there. And at that point, if that's you, send me the x-ray and we well, let's talk about it. Let's get the thing out.
0: Well, but then you get, where do you draw the line with the balance of people talking about having implants? Because right away, there's this Cognitive dissonance and people write people off like that is complete kooks. And I found it interesting on the newest X-Files. I thought it was so interesting. Of course, you know, Dana Scully's back with, you know, it, the old series, it resurrected it. And there was a lot of overtones about taking alien DNA and implants. Did you find that whole thing interesting? And, you know, it because it really does tie into the fact that people are written off as complete kooks, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah oh yeah and this is exactly the way they want to keep it. this is why I'm making I'm, I'm circling back to it because I have to this is why I'm making the Watchmen Chronicles in their own words because pastors need to hear from people in different congregations I mean it's a, it's a Sheila it's it's young old men, women from all walks of life coming on the record talking about they saw something and they're not ashamed of it but they need a place to go without ridicule. It's time, man. I mean, it's time for this nonsense to stop. This The church should be the one safe place you go to to, hey, I saw something. Oh, no, they won't do that because you looked at sideways. I mean, you know, you even mention the word UFO in a church in most church circles, and they look at you like you're crazy. They come up to me because I have my tinfoil hat on daily, and they know that. And they, they, they trust me. And I, I hear stuff that Sometimes their spouses have never heard, literally, and I'm honored, and I'm honored that they would do that. It, you know, the, the uh, Watchmen Chronicles in their own words. I'm very excited about this. I think it's it's going to be a game changer. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it will go viral in church circles. And 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 uh, you know, I mean, look in their own words, these are Christians in churches all over America coming on the record. Come on, guys. You know, it's it's time to start talking about this stuff. It's time to start talking about it. And so I'm like I'm like really excited by it really excited by it. And I'm just hoping that uh, uh, we hit a home run with this. It wakes up the church. It brings people closer to Jesus. The people that have uh, been afraid to talk about it can come out of the darkness and bring it into the light. And pastors can begin to to counsel uh, people with it and understand what they saw and give them answers and explanations to what it is. Look, the kids watch you know, the, the the millennials watch ancient aliens. I mean that's the that's Giorgio Suculosa's audience. Yeah. I mean I I, come, I go to these conferences, rarely do I see someone on under thirty at any of the conferences I'm at. Rarely. Because the youth is like, you know, well, you know, there's nothing supernatural here. Who cares? We have a form of religion, but we deny its power.
0: Boy, you've raised a really good point because you know what really is frustrating for me? The King James Bible, which I use in Mark 16, 17, LA says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. It goes on to a litany of things. Signs and wonders will follow them. And then we've got this mock signs and wonders, as you mentioned, the devilish side of this that is hijacking real signs and wonders. You know, it goes back to the magicians in Moses' time. Oh, you think that's a trick? Watch this. Do you know why all these young kids are are pulled and they gravitate towards these video games, these violent video games in this DC Marvel world? The fascination of Doctor Strange. I'm doing a whole series on that and it's DC, Marvel, all the connections to the occult. I'm going to tell you what, the church is bored because they are not walking in their power and authority. The devil is a counterfeiter. So all these lying signs and wonders are ubiquitous. And yet the churches are bored because no one is exercising their power and authority and walking in the fullness of Mark 16:17 ministry. That's a real problem. And I pulled a bunch of 16 year olds and I was asking them questions, 27, 16 year olds, you know, what is this fascination with video games? Tell me about why you love these movies, these Marvel movies. What is it? Hey, how cool is it to bend time and space? And, you know, all this witchcraft and wizardry. And it's not bad enough Harry Potter is teaching our young kids how to cast spells. I mean, this is total fascination to the young people. And I find that really disturbing.
1: Well, that's, that's the lore. And that's why people will line up and get the mark. Once it, once these guys show up, I mean, you're not going to have to twist anybody's arm to get it.
0: Back to that, Mark, you really do believe then there's some kind of and I agree with you, by the way, about the RFID chip. I think it might be a precursor, but certainly nothing that's going to make you lose your salvation. So what could a potential scenario? I mean, you're L.A., you've I'm sure you've thrown around a mishmash in your head what that could look like. Well, um, the hotspot is in the
1: Middle East. And I think a nuclear device going off anywhere on this planet, but more than likely it will be used somewhere in the Middle East, even a tactical duke, um, a nuclear device being used, they, the elites, will light up the grid. We've seen the grid light up before with Fukushima. That's when everything's lit up and everything's connected. All news media everywhere focuses on one thing. That's what I mean by the grid being lit up. A nuclear event going off on anywhere on this planet will create the greatest collective fear that humankind has ever known and certainly ever experienced together because we're all wired together all wired up that's when et shows up in my opinion and they will state that we created all life on this planet we genetically manipulated early man we started the world's earliest civilizations and now at this critical juncture and religions by the way and now at this critical juncture we are back to usher mankind into a golden age and i i truly believe this this is what is going to happen i'm not you know, I'm just not throwing this out because I'm trying to sell books. This is what I think is going to happen. I believe it with all my heart. And the late David Flynn also posited this exact same scenario that I just laid out. The late David Flynn said what he thought would be how it would all come down. And I I concur, agree with him. I got there on my own, but David got there first. So I always mentioned his name. The guy was brilliant. But that's that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's when they show up, it's the ultimate game changer, Sheila.
0: Well, they're already on WikiLeaks. There's revelations that came out just before Christmas about these Project Bluebeams, other Project Vera design. You have Hillary Clinton and Podesta having conversations with high-level government operatives about alien spacecraft and cover-up and hybrids, and I mean that's a little strange, isn't it, to be coming out of WikiLeaks? Well, and,
1: and the thing is, it's, it's so weird that nobody cares, it's not going to change, and people aren't going to move off their sleepy little paradigm until they show up. And then, oh, well, we've always known that. Now what? Oh, the mark? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and this is what the church doesn't understand. If the church is still here when all this comes down, then we're in for a really rocky ride because millions of people will lose their faith. Millions. And this ties into the biblical prophetic narrative, specifically Second Thessalonians, when it says that the antichrist will not be revealed until the apostasy. Right. Now that can be interpreted two ways. It can mean falling away, and some people use that um, as rapture, which it, let's hope that's what it means. And it, it can be both, as Gary Stearman and I, I, and I agree with Elder Brother Gary that it could be a simultaneous event. There could be a falling away and a rapture at the same time. But the word is apostasia, which is not harpazo. Right. So that's why that's why I have problems with that, that there'll be an apostasy. And, uh, you know, I'm a biblical literalist, and if Paul wanted to talk about a snatching away, why didn't he just use harpazo?
0: Yeah.
1: He used the word apostasia, which is where we get our word apostasy from. So can it be both at once? Absolutely. Can the falling away happen at the same time we're going up? Absolutely. All I know— is when they do show up, that's the ultimate game changer. And they're going to show up. Absolutely. And I think it's sooner than later.
0: Yeah, and it's not if it's when. And of course, you know, I think the United Nation will be involved. I think you'll have the Pope standing there lockstep. You know, he's really, well, we're going to baptize aliens. I mean, this guy's been saying this kind of weird stuff coming out of the Vatican Observatory, coming out of the highest levels of the Vatican, baptizing aliens. I mean, you would have thought that would be right out of a cartoon that the Pope and his officials are actually embracing them with open arms. We know about the looser device up on Mount Graham. What yeah. are these guys? Why are they spending trillions of dollars on this equipment to what are they looking for in this, guys? I think the other question becomes as childhoods end. So, you know, are yeah. they C. Clark, so... Astutely points out. I mean, really, it's about embracing. Forget the God of the Bible, that oppressive guy. It's really about Satan, the Savior, isn't it?
1: Well, that's that's where it's going to go. I mean, these people, the Illuminati, the elites, many of them have already given over to the dark side. They are they embrace the satanic. I mean, look, I don't know Podesta. Uh, I don't want to know. Him, but why would anybody in their right mind go to a spirit cooking session? know. <laughs> Need I say more?
0: Yeah. And then all the ties in with the pedophilia and the, the pizza gate, the pedo gate. I mean, it's absolutely just, you know, there's a Bible scripture that says it's so abhorrent. You can't even speak of it. That's what it feels like, doesn't it?
1: Well, it does. You know, the, the pizza gate thing is bizarre because there's no way to vent any of this. And, you know, OK, WikiLeaks dumped a bunch of stuff out and then the nutcase shows up at the pizza place with a automatic weapon. He's going to rescue the kids. But they're so we don't, you know, it's like anybody can say anything on the internet. And unless it's vetted, it can be repeated. I'll just give you an example of this. My Nephilim trilogy, there's a character called Von Schwert. This guy's an ex Nazi. He's called the Hag. The nickname for him is The Hag. Okay? He was a general, General Von Schwert in World War II. He takes this concoction of, of very rare drugs and herbs that's flown into his multi, multi billion dollar estate you know, private jets, the whole deal. And he has blood transfusions. This this is the character, Von Schwert, right? It's all made up, Sheila. Every bit of it, it's all made up. And I find this guy's got a website, and the the chapters from my book dealing with Von Schwert and the secret UFO are there, and he's promulgating it as truth. He's pawning it off that this is secret documents that were released, and I discovered them, and this is the truth. And I just went, are you out of your mind? Wow. Are you out? And this is how it starts. Somebody reads something, and unless you vet it, just like the fairy, nobody's vetted Pizzagate yet. Nobody has. Nobody. It's all hearsay. Nobody's produced anything, any hard facts. Is there pedophilia going on? Absolutely. Would it surprise me if it reaches to the highest echelons of governments? It would not surprise me one bit. But it's just like, you know, cremation of care. Uh, unless we can go there and film and see if there's a real human sacrifice happening there at Bohemian Grove, I lean towards the belief that there is a real human sacrifice happening there. You know, why and, and get this? Why go and watch a mock sacrifice anyway? What's wrong with you people?
0: Yeah, it's like that thing at CERN. Why would the high top level scientists on the earth be doing a human sacrifice and very bizarre occult? Rituals that only Ritual. high-level occultists know about. So it yeah. makes you wonder, doesn't it?
1: Well, look, there's there's a whole hidden agenda, and that's. But unless you can get in there, look, just like the the Paraca skulls, we've gone down. We're trying to do DNA testing, and it's ongoing research. And we're not we're not letting it go. So just like my Catalina Island giant that I discovered, and then you go back six months later, and they've got the picture of it I discovered in the archives, hidden away blown up but the giant's been cropped out of it that's real and i can bet that and i can show you the picture you know it's all in my book Armor trail of a nephilim volume two were actually sold out we hope to get more of them soon but i mean there it is i'm not making this up we also covered it in watchers 10 it's also in the book nephilim hybrids you know there it is man there's the cover-up what are these guys so afraid of that they have i mean i'm just one little guy but i discovered something i analyzed the photograph three guys came on the record analysis came on the record and they, they put the giant at just under nine feet, eight, eight foot, nine inches. That's huge. It's yeah, a nice. huge guy. Way too big. So need I say more?
0: Absolutely. And as, got to quote Steve Quayle again on this one, the biggest cover-up of history is the cover-up of history. That just really is it in a nutshell, isn't it? L.A., in the waning moments here, give out your information. There's a lot of new listeners that might not be familiar with your work. Where can they find your handiwork? And... Final thoughts.
1: Well, the, um, you know, I'm 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 doing a lot of stuff on YouTube. I try to do updates three or four times a week, sometimes five days a week, depending on my schedule. What's going on? You can go to ppsreport.com. You can go to my YouTube channel, La Marzulli. You can go to the uh, the internet, La That's the store. La Uh We're creating a new uh, a new webpage for the Watchmen so, you know, we're all over the place. But YouTube, we've got 42,000 subscribers and climbing. That is in about a, about a year's time. We started off under 2,000 uh, subscribers last January, and we are now at a little over 42,000 subscribing, and we're excited by that. I, I put a lot of time into those little daily updates, and, and we're proud of it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I just got to say in the waning moments, L.A., that you, Richard Shaw, I mean, you guys call it guerrilla filmmaking, but... I'm going to tell you what your production quality is quite frankly just really cutting edge and you know your I don't know whose expertise this is but I got to say hats off to all the work you do and as you said you know there's a lot of us doing this on a shoestring budget I mean we don't have the big millions to go and do some of the stuff we'd sure like to but I want to really encourage people to get behind you support you financially I, you have a I'm assuming you have a donate page as well there And really back you, because I'll tell you what, there's not too many people doing the stuff you're doing. And as you said, it is time to wake up the church because for the things that are coming soon, you think uh, just a few demonic entity pictures. Oh, that's Photoshop. I'll tell you what, there's going to be stuff coming that men's hearts are going to fail them, la So this really is very timely. And I really appreciate your time in doing everything that you do. I know you're on the road and thank you so much for taking the time to come on today and do come and see us again.
1: Thank you, Sheila. Appreciate it. God bless you. And God bless your listeners.
0: Thank you, LA folks. That was LA Marzulli. His information is bookmarked on today's bio. That's January 4th, 2017. 2017 it seems weird to say that now. Hey, don't forget tonight at 9 PM Eastern time. Call into our prayer line. We're going to be praying. I'm going to be on that call That's 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. For the information, go to powerprayers.ca and click on Join Us. I think it says Join Us in Prayer. Go to the menu at powerprayers.ca. All the calling information is there. Join us in prayer. Folks, there's never been a time in history where prayer is more urgently needed. And as I said in the program yesterday, I put out a call for prayer a couple times over the holidays, had one glitch one night, but on the 19th, December 19th, there was one other person that showed up. And our e-alerts go out to tens of thousands of people. So folks, please, I'm asking Christians to join us in prayer. I sound like a broken record, but the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? What? availeth much. That's what the word tells us. So if you can join us, please do. That's every Wednesday. I'd like to do that all throughout 2017. And I just want to let people know we're going to start doing some really cool video stuff. I've got some really cool ideas for 2017. We are still working on a concept, that map concept to connect you with boots on the ground people in your cities in your areas. I have been brainstorming with my web people on a customized map. It's a lot harder than I originally thought to code this thing. So, I'm working on it. Hey, don't forget next Wednesday, Carl Gallup's. You got to bookmark that. That's going to be a great show. We have a, just a fantastic lineup over the next bit. Tomorrow, I'm doing a very interesting teaching. You're going to be mind blown. I'm pretty convinced. So you want to join me tomorrow for that. And then Friday, Pastor John Terrell from California. He is always so awesome. And of course, next week, Josh Tully, the general himself, Apostle Ivory Hopkins is joining us. Just a fantastic lineup. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. And thanks for putting up with my voice. I don't have it back from being sick over the holidays, as I said. But do bear with me. I love you guys. Good night. God bless.